What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Happy day, whatever day or night or evening you're listening to us. My name's Leslie, and you will notice if you are a regular listener of the show that Tracy always does the opening and that I'm very nervous about anything outside of a, of a routine. So for me to have to say welcome really has already kind of put me off a bit. Uh, so you'll notice Tracy's not here, so Tracy is not here. So who is here? There's a, there's a woman named Cindy Young here. Hello, Cindy. Hello, Leslie. <laughs> very good, very good. Cindy is our guest co-host this week. Tracy is at a practitioner retreat for Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. So we affirm that that's going well for Tracy. And we miss her intro, really. That's the main thing we miss. We miss the routine of Tracy, you know. So I'm excited, really, very excited to have a conversation with Cindy today about manifestation. But I do miss Tracy doing the intro because that's what she always does. And routine makes me feel safe and calm and slightly nurtured. But there you go. So we got that out of the way. Now we can get on to, to the part of the show that I like and that I normally do. So now I'll get relaxed and calm because the routine begins. Uh, the part of the show of connecting the dots. If you're a new listener to Say Yes to Spirit, each week we come up with a topic, and we try over the almost three years that Tracy and I have been doing this to come up with a topic that's completely routine, that may or may not elicit initial, uh, initially a spiritual thought. And so we try to bring that into the conversation of how does that topic change or become different when we look at saying yes to spirit around that topic. And um, one of the things we do is connect the dots between last week's topic and this week's topic and trying to understand that everything kind of has that spiritual thread when we stop and look at it. And uh, Cindy, just for your information, I think two and a half years ago when Tracy and I started doing this, we really um, had conversations ourselves about how how we needed to remind ourselves and re-remind ourselves about that spiritual connection and that thread and and bringing that question, how does saying yes to spirit change this, was so important to Tracy and I just in our friendship. And then that's when the idea of creating a a radio show came out of that. So that's kind of the history of how this all came about and then connecting the dots of of coming up with the idea of how does one topic always kind of connect to another when we're looking at it spiritually. And last week our topic was neighbors. Aren't you glad you came for manifestation and not neighbors, doesn't it? Sounds a little bit more intimidating than manifestation. <laughs> yes, Cindy's, Cindy's the manifestation guru. We'll talk about that here in a minute. So that's why, that's why it is by divine design that I uh, was lucky enough to get Cindy to talk about manifestation. But um, but the idea of manifestation connecting to neighbors, uh, for me, comes in the idea that we talked about this a bit last week. That how I interact with my neighbors, my choices that I make to have a a spirit of saying yes to spirit with them or, you know, no, I don't really like you or no, you don't think like I do. And also the idea of a neighbor being everyone that I come into contact with, whether it be someone I'm in line at 7-Eleven with or someone that I've lived next door to for 30 years, that, you know, I am manifesting how that relationship works. And I think many times I want to blame or say, oh, you're crazy or you don't think like I think, so you're responsible for this relationship not going well. But at the end of the day, I'm manifesting. I think if I really drill down to what I think and believe, you know, I'm manifesting it on some level, some way. And so to stop and look at that and how is my connection to my neighbor, all people around me, what am I manifesting and how is that working? So now, Cindy, it would be your job to place, uh, Tracy, and you need to affirm me that I did a very good job connecting the dots. You did a very good job connecting the dots. And you sound much more sincere than Tracy. I'm not certain. <laughs> I think I think you sound more sincere. <laughs> All right, we will take a minute break. And uh, Tracy always encourages people to get a cup of tea or perhaps some water. Or, you know, I would choose vodka. But um, we'll be back in a minute and talk about manifestation.
welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. And Cindy continues to affirm me that I did a good job, and I love that. I love that. I need all the affirmations that I can get. And um, I'm going to tell a little story on Cindy. She doesn't really know that I was going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell a little story on Cindy. Um, back in, uh, well, almost almost three years ago now, uh, in June, three years ago, I came up to the Center for Spiritual Living. Reverend Petra uh, is the minister up here. And I asked her if I could begin a morning meditation. And I was going through some difficulty in my life, and I knew that if I could get into a routine where I held a key and I had to be in a meditative state at a certain time in a certain place, that it would help me spiritually and emotionally and mentally and all those things we try to help ourselves with. So she said yes. So I started uh, morning meditation at 7 o'clock at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas and came up every day. And for about the first six weeks, I was completely alone with spirits in the chairs. I could tell there were other spirits with me in the sanctuary. But um, after about a year, um, people would come and go. And it was always funny to hear people say, you know, I really want to create a meditation practice. This is just such an amazing thing. I want to do this. I'm going to come. And they would come maybe a month maybe two months. I had a couple of people come three or four months. And they would always just disappear. <laughs> and I kept thinking, is it me? But um, after about the first year, Cindy came one time. And she said, oh, I've been looking for this. I don't exactly remember how you came about your first time. I'll be interested to hear why you came that first time. And you said what everybody says. You know, I'm going to start doing this practice, and this is really going to be meaningful to me. And Cindy kept coming. And kept coming. And she came for over a year with me every morning. And then when my life transitioned and I had to uh, stop coming, Cindy took over the meditation practice. And so she has the key. She's the key holder. And it sounds powerful, doesn't it? The key holder. And um, has continued that morning meditation for the last almost year now that I haven't been doing it. And what I have noticed in Cindy's life is this idea of manifestation. She has a couple of different stories that I'll let her tell, but it's amazing. And I'm attributing it to the daily meditation. <laughs> you might not. But, you know, you seem to be kind of in this manifestation zone in the last couple of years and, and different things, you know, speaking to you on different levels and you being aware of it and awake to it has been very impressive for me to watch and encouraging for me to watch. So... That's why I asked you, Cindy. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I think I think that, that 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 having that daily spiritual practice does keep you centered on, you know, staying within spirit and really being plugged in and conscious. You know, the, this last year I've been um, taking uh, the Course Inward Journey here at the center, mm. um, which is a really deep dive into spiritual practices and understanding of of yourself and and really living in the present and knowing. Um, you know, paying attention to what your thoughts are, which ah. which can subconsciously manifest things that you're not even aware of, um, and then seeing those and then making a conscious effort to change them. I think, you know, probably one of the stories that you're talking about is mm-hmm. the re- the most recent one relative to a home that I'm getting ready to close on in June. Yes, I had had um, some property from my divorce that I had been trying to sell for a couple of years, um, lakefront property that I had intended to build on, but, you know, from a financial perspective, I decided that wasn't what I wanted to do with that, and I've been trying to sell it for a couple years, unsuccessfully selling it, and um, I think there's part of me that really wanted to cling to the idea of that former marriage and, um, you know, a little bit of fear around, you know, taking that step to do something on my own outside of marriage. So um, I tried unsuccessfully to sell that property for a while, and then I just finally took it off the market. Uh, It was paid for. I didn't need to sell it, but I really didn't know what my next step was. Um, As part of Inward Journey, you know, I was, you know, really kind of evaluating um, and letting go of some of that past stuff that I was uh, clinging to. Um, And, you know, I started deciding that I wanted to actually take the step of not renting anymore, and, you know, buy something. And I had um, been driving down the road, um, (laughs) and all of a sudden I heard this voice say, turn right here. And so I said, okay, yes, I'll do that. I'll just follow blindly and just turn right here and find out why I need to turn, because I was looking for another place to lease or to buy. So when I turned right into there, um, I found a house that was for sale or for lease. And I said, huh. That's interesting. So I got out and got the brochures. Uh, One of them was for lease. It was higher than I wanted to pay for a lease. The other one was for sale. It was money I didn't have. So I'm like, I don't know why I got this, but here it is. So I just took the brochures and I went on my merry way. 
And when I sat down at lunch, I pulled them out just to see what it said about the house. And as I was reading down the, 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 uh, the description, it said, we'll entertain a trade. <laughs> Okay. Oh, oh, that's why. Okay. There, uh -huh. right? So I was like, okay. So I had a realtor friend up here at uh, the center, and I said, uh, "Would you call and just talk to this guy and see if he'd be interested in trading this property that I have?" And uh, I think the realtor was even surprised when he said, "Absolutely, I would be uh, interested in doing yeah, that." Yeah, the realtor actually told you initially, people just don't do that. Exactly. That's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, not going to happen. Because he like, was kind of really like, "That doesn't normally happen." They don't, you know. This exactly. So I kind of went down to, so I, at that point in time, I had to, to go to Prague for business for a month. Um, and while I, I was away, the house went off the market. And so I had the realtor call and find out, you know, if they had sold it or leased it. And the guy said, oh, I, I leased it, but I'd still be interested in, you know, doing something. So now I didn't have to compete with anybody for that property while things unfolded because, you know, I needed to get you know, have money to put down, which I didn't have at that particular moment, and I needed to get an a, appraisal on my property, and I was out of the country. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So when I got back, I started the process of getting the appraisal, and I started, uh, you know, down the path of he went out and looked at the property, and, you know, and he said, yes, I'd definitely be interested in that piece of property. It's a beautiful piece of property. It overlooks the water. It's got a bluff. It's got trees from front to back. It's just gorgeous. Um, so... I was right down that path, and at that exact moment, I was in inward journey, and I realized that, you know, I was thinking to myself, why do I want a house that's not on the water? Because my goal has always been to build a house on the water, and why do I not think that I deserve or are capable of getting a home on the lakefront? And so I explored that a little bit, and I did some treatment around that, and I said, you know what? There's nothing but me getting my limiting beliefs getting in the way of me having exactly what I want. I did a treatment, and within a few days, I had a letter and a phone call from somebody who offered me cash money for my property that was not for sale. It was not for sale. It wasn't for sale at all. And how um, did they find? How did they find? They lived you? out there, they and they found it through the property records. Okay. Um, so, wow. So, and they offered me, and I, since I just got an appraisal, I said, "Well, I'm in the process of trading this property." Here's what it was appraised at. If you want to make an offer, you better make it fast. So within another day, I had a cash offer, cash money for the value of that property without a realtor involved. And I was like, okay, well, if I take this cash, then, you know, if I want this house later, I can pay for this house later, or I can find something that may be more in line with what I want to do. So I went up online just for fun to find out what a house on the lakefront would cost, so I could see kind of what what was out there. And immediately, I got back a house that was on the lakefront, eight miles from the place I just sold, <laughs> with a 3,400-square-foot home oh, yeah. for $50,000 more, and I just sold a piece of empty property for. Wow. Wow. And I went and looked at it. And within this house... Now, now, here comes the part. This is the part that's really exciting. If I had some sort of ooey-ooey music, I would play it right now. Like, you know, oh, it can't be true, but it's true, yes. I've seen pictures of it. It's true, so go ahead. So one of the things that's been one of my spiritual practices I've been here in meditation is I love Reverend Petra's, you know, guided meditation CD. And there is a sacred space meditation on that CD. And when I do the sacred space meditation, she invites you to see a chair and sit in that chair and what does it look like and notice what it looks like. And I've always had this chair, that this big wide chair with this big fluffy ottoman and everything that was in this room of for the sacred space meditation. When I went to look at this house, I walked into the room and there was that chair and that ottoman in that space in the look, overlooking the water from the, the bedroom. I mean, the same color, yes. the same type. Yep. The same size, yep. had the ottoman, had the chair, not yep. just the chair, no ottoman, but the ottoman and the chair. Yep, yep, uh, absolutely. And I knew the second I walked in that room, this was the manifestation of the home that I always wanted. And I put a contract on it. I got approved on the, you know, the financing for mm -hmm. for the balance. And, um, and they're leaving that chair for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
<laughs> if you told them that story, it'd be really bad karma if they took that chair, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, I did actually tell the owner about that story, that that chair showed up in my meditation. They're very spiritual wow. as well. So they were pretty excited about it. I mean, they're leaving a lot of other things. I asked for a, a whole bunch of stuff, but the chair was the, the, the deal breaker. <laughs> no chair, no house. <laughs> no, no chair, no house. I have to have the chair. <laughs> so how do you wrap your head around that? I mean, because I believe you. I absolutely believe you. And I absolutely know that's how life works. But I think in many times people either want to discount that and say, oh, that was just a one-off kind of thing, or, oh, maybe it was sort of like the chair and she's not really remembering it, or you know, there's there's so much sort of a discounting or, or what a weird weird person she must be or something. You know, we discount in society these things that happen like that. And when they're not happening, that's well, a two-part question. And then when they don't happen that way, why? What does that mean? But... What do you say when you think, when people might say, well, that's weird or that couldn't possibly be true? I mean, does that affect you when you hear naysayers, quote-unquote, or do you just... You know, at this point in time in my own spiritual development, I don't really get caught up in what other people think. Duh. Um, you know, what a you, know, um, you know, and, you know, I, I actually, I, I probably get more caught up in what I think. <laughs> Um, so, so um, really, where I focus my effort is trying to, to to understand what I'm thinking that's getting in my way, um, because other people can't get in my way; only I can get in my way. Mm. Um, so, I think that's really where I'm at, because you know you have to really understand where people are in their own spiritual growth, and some people just aren't going to be open to the notion that you can change, you know, or manifest things by the way you think. I mean, I know plenty of people that don't understand that concept and really have no interest in understanding that concept, and that's their personal choice. But um, the only thing I can control is, is is what I think. And I think that, I well, I don't think, I know that in the past I have really put limiting beliefs in my own way that I haven't even been cognizant of. And so, mm. you know, really as I, things aren't happening the way I want them to be, um, then I that that's my opportunity to evaluate what are the thoughts that, are actually there, what are the beliefs that are underlying it. And and a lot of times, or the thing I think I really realized in this particular situation is that I tended to think that I needed to be married in order to have that house. And that was the belief that oh. was there. That that was the vision I had in my marriage, and that now that my marriage was over, that wasn't something I could have outside of the marriage. Um, so... And it's like, I don't know where that belief came from, but there was. And, and when I realized that belief was there, I said, well, why do I believe that? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely not true. I can have whatever I want, whatever good that I can, that I am ready to receive or mm-hmm. or can believe that I can receive is what I can have. You know, And any limitation on the size of that is strictly something that I'm imposing on it for whatever reason. See, so that's interesting. So you kind of have your own, your thoughts, you're concerned about your thoughts, you're not concerned about the thoughts of others, that's very healthy, I'm going to make a note of that, that the thoughts of others doesn't matter, for my own self personally later to consider, but uh, your thoughts, do you ever sit back and say, oh, this, how did this happen, or this is, quote unquote, too good to be true, or, you know, yet again, here's this little synchronicity lining up, and all these kind of dominoes falling, do you find yourself so much connected to it that it just seems like the routine? Or do you still find yourself kind of going, wow, wow, wow? On this particular one, I think I'm still in the wow mode, but also <laughs> I fall back into the fear mode sometimes, right? You know, the fear that, you know, maybe I don't deserve this and something's going to go wrong, and I have mm. to consciously pay attention to that. Because if I don't pay attention to that and release those thoughts, and, and negate those thoughts, then I'm going to attract in something that's going to interfere with that, and and I don't want that to occur. But that's that 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 limiting those limiting beliefs and the ego kind of coming into play, where you know, well, this is going to go wrong, and that you know. So yes, I I do think that there's times where I feel like it it may be too good to be true, but I have to continue to rhyme, remind myself, you know, and ground myself in the spiritual practice to know that's that's just you know, the limiting beliefs coming into play and, and dismiss those so they don't become my reality because I don't want it to become my reality. See, that's such an interesting... I'm trying to think even how to say this because it's so kind of kind of like a cycle. But in, in a strange way, when I'm in that flow, when things are happening magically, 
that's an American, you know, that's a, that's a that's a human word, right? Magically. So first, by putting that word on it, magic or miracle, I'm already kind of categorizing it as something outside of the ordinary, mm-hmm. outside of something that would just naturally happen. So that's the first little discount. And then the second kind of thing that I can come up with in my mind is, oh, you know, this was um, one off, or it's not really, you know, it was just a, it was just a coincidence kind of thing. So that's another kind of word that we use that I can use to discount or separate myself from from the flow. And and then this underlying current of when things are going so well, and you said something about, you know, that you would start to say, I'm not worthy of that or I don't deserve that. And so that's a real big hook for me. And so I'll just, so then my thoughts will then get so big that I'll almost, not almost, but I have in the past certainly then switched my manifestation divine rod. You know, I think it's like a water rod. You know how they have those water things that find water, you know, when you're looking for water? And um, that I'll switch my little rod over here to manifesting this I don't deserve it. Things good things can happen for me. I'm not worthy of it. So then things start falling apart and then I use the things falling apart to reinforce, oh see, I'm not worth it. Oh see, I told you this wasn't gonna work. And so never stopping long enough to see how I ever so slightly maybe, but I shifted my belief Fifty-one percent of my belief. I do think it, it, it just takes fifty-one percent of a, of a belief to manifest. So fifty-one percent of my belief shifted over to this is too good to be true. I, you know, I don't deserve it. And then things start crashing. And then I use the crashing to reinforce the I don't deserve it. And how do how do how do we stay out of that zone of shifting ever so slightly to the I don't deserve it and then start manifesting that almost almost unconsciously because I don't, you know, consciously wake up in the morning and say, well, I have in the past. But, you know, not today. I mean, it seems more like an unconscious kind of shift of I don't deserve it and I start, you know, coming out from that space versus the space of the flow is exactly what I deserve, where I'm supposed to be. What's actually very normal for all of us is this divine flow and it's the language that we use and the beliefs that we have that kind of shifts us back over there. Did that make sense? Uh, it absolutely did make sense. And I, and I can tell you what I've been doing. You know, the most powerful book that I think I've read in a long, long time in this last, you know, in this class that I've been in is The Power Now. The and Power Now. The Eckhart Tolle? Uh, yeah, uh, that book is amazing. So jealous of him? He had an overnight experience. I um, want that. You know, but, but the thing that, <laughs> that I took from that book is just paying, being paying an observer yes. of your own thoughts, yes. right? Yes. And 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 as I've been going through this process, mm. I've been observing mm. when I'm getting into that place of fear, that mm. place of doubt, that place mm-hmm. of thing, and and then I consciously am making that that you know acknowledging that I'm having that, and that they have no power in the present moment, and that they're absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. I quite frequently will say out loud to myself when I find myself thinking something along those lines, that's not true. You say it out loud. I say it out oh, loud. Oh, that's interesting. You um, say it out loud. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I'll be driving down the street and I'll be having some negative thought. I'll just say, that's not true. I love it. Um, I love it. Because it just kind of, it shakes you into consciousness so that that's not just playing in the background. Uh-huh. Um, but also, you know, when I find that I'm really obsessing on things, because our mind can get that way, where you're really mm-hmm. worrying about something and you're and you're out in the future, which is, right. you know, somewhere worrying about something, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, bringing yourself you know, I actually go to my prayer partner or I'll go to the prayer ministry and just say, you know, I really need treatment to know that this is all going to flow exactly easily and effortlessly and, I'm, and and that, you know, the house is going to close just right so that I can then take the power of, of, of other people holding that truth when I'm having trouble keeping it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I love that. Um, and that's that's just something I've learned through the course of this, this class because... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really powerful to just be conscious and observe what your thoughts are. So then you know when you're getting and, and into a mode where you could potentially cause something different to manifest than what, what was already manifesting. I mean, and I can say that you, you can change what you manifest even consciously because I start down the path of I want a home. Mm-hmm. I want to get rid of this, house, this property and get a home to, oh, wait, I don't want just a home. I want a lakefront home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 then when as soon as I did that, there it was, right? I mean, it, it it shifted that quickly. When I made it's like a, when I kind of decided to redefine it a little bit, 
it, it, it actually did change the manifestation of what was happening. Yeah, that's interesting too, part of that story, because you got the, and now was this a voice voice in your head, turn right? I mean, do you, yes. do you hear it? I heard voice? it. It was like very demanding. Was it, a, was it a male voice? Was it a female voice? Was it a, yeah. <laughs> but it was, a, it was strong. It was very strong. It was like, turn right here. It was very directed. <laughs> it wasn't even, please turn right here. It was, turn right here. And, and, and another way society would say, that's just crazy. Say, I have lots of voices in my head. But anyway, so you heard it clearly. Clearly. And you followed it. But interestingly enough, that's not the house you ended up with. No. Right. I could have if I hadn't changed what I, my, my desire of what right. I wanted. And I did change my desire because that house would have happened. It was almost done when the other one showed up. But I had I had consciously said why, you know, I had discovered that I was limiting myself, and I said, why can't I have that house? Of course I can have that house. On the lake. On the lake, yes. I don't need to know why or how, because I think the first thing that we go to is, well, I can't afford that. Right, that'll never happen. Right, that'll That's never impossible. happen. That's the, I, You know, how could that possibly happen? I don't have the money for that right now. Right. You know, right? I mean, that's right. that's really where we go. And, and and so as part of that, you have to really say, I don't need to know how. I just need to know what. This is what I desire, you know, and it's up to spirit and the law to create what it, all the circumstances that allow you to get there. It's just as it just did me, right? I mean, it created it not once but twice. You know, that brings up an interesting idea or point in manifestation because we're talking about manifestation, and I think this is where I get caught up in that I have to be so hypervigilant in my thinking that, you know, it's like that I'm constantly watching for the minefields or constantly watching for how I'm setting myself up thinking negatively. I, It's almost as if my ego is so much in charge that it's subtly, yeah, this is difficult to explain, that my ego is so much in charge that it's sort of subtly taking control of convincing me that it's my positive thinking. But it's really got me so wound up about every little thought that I'm setting myself up by my thinking, thinking I'm thinking the right thing. But it's like such pressured thinking, it's not natural thinking, that that can't be the flow. Because the flow, as I have experienced in the past, is a very natural, un, uncumbersome, it doesn't take a lot of effort, it doesn't take a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it just, it just, it just is. And so, my ego will tell me, you know, I have to be like hypervigilant and watching for those negative thoughts. And, you know, you're going to manifest something terrible and it's going to, you know, pop up and bite you and you're, you can't rest. You can't rest. And when I'm really in the manifested mode, manifestation mode, you hear this a lot in Science and Light, it's a co-creation. And like you just said, I don't have to know the how. So my ego will tell me I have to have all the pieces in place so that I can manifest it. How can I manifest it if I don't have A through Z lined up? But it's a huge reminder that I only have to have like A. Spirit will do B through Z. And it's really hard, though, because my human mind somehow believes I have to have at least A through Z, you know, V, you know, or something, that I have to do most of the work. But I think as I've experienced the flow, my work is actually very small. And the Spirit's work is the vast majority of it. I think it's about paying once you paying attention to the things that are put in front of you that'll that take you to the next step, right? The next step, the next step, the next step. You know, people, places, things. You know, things that just show up. I mean, you know, I, I love to pay attention, as you know. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm traveling or when whenever you know things are going on in my life about who's showing up and, and really understanding why are they there? What it, what what. What is it that that um, they are? My interaction with them is bringing to light because I've met so many people that just show up out of the blue that have a skill or have a job or have something that I need right then. Um, you know, you know, going through. Um, you know, right now my my ex husband died recently, um, and I needed somebody that was going to take care of the taxes for the corporation that he left behind that he didn't do, and then. Suddenly there's somebody there that, you know, is, you know, out of this center that has, you know, is retired, that gave free tax advice, that's doing all those corporate taxes during tax season when everyone else is busy because they're not busy. I mean, it just, that person just showed up because that's what I needed right then. Um, and you, and you, 
would you say it's because you're living in a space where you expect to find the person at the time that you need them? It's sort of a things are going to work out. I don't have to figure out how. They're just going to work out kind of feeling. I know when there's a a problem that presents itself that exact I know that ex, I, what exactly what I need all that problem is going to show up and present itself to me. You just know that. I I just know that. You just know that. Have you always just known that? No, that's something I've learned from that. <laughs> it's not something I've always just known. Right. In fact, I've never known. I've always thought I had to solve it myself, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. now I just pay attention to what's around going on around me and know that no problems too great to be solved, and and that anything that I need, everything that I need, is going to be you know available to me to to keep going. As long as I don't get bogged down in the 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 fear mm-hmm. that or the, you know the anxiety or the resentment or whatever the case may be, those negative feelings that keep you stuck in the past or the future. You know, if you're just living in the present, and you're paying attention to what's going on. Things are going to show up for you. That's interesting. Paying attention to what's going on, because I've noticed recently in the that many times it's um, almost like I'll see the flow in hindsight. If I'm paying attention to what's happening now, what happened? Like turn right, you know that was the beginning of something that ended up being something sort of different than what it started out as. But if I look back, I can see how the thread kind of happened, and it's interesting to me that. And this is where I get kind of caught up in a terminology of destiny because I really don't believe in destiny, like that there's, like like the flow is like got everything lined out, predestined for me at 12:01 to be on that highway at that time to turn. I don't, I, I don't think that I think that. I go back and forth. Do I think that? Do I think that? You know, if I'm in the flow, does the flow have me at 12:01 on that highway and turning right, or? You know, is the flow so vast that I could be anywhere at, you know, that could happen at 1145, it could happen at 1215, and, you know, the, the roads would ultimately get me to that house. So it's not like I, I don't I don't believe in predestiny, but I believe that that if I'm living in the flow, there is no time, I guess. Mm-hmm. So because there is no time to the flow, it's all kind of happening at the same time. And to me, who there's time for... That, that I can go back and I can connect the dots and say, oh, I was, you know, hearing that song and then this happened, or I was, you know, talking to that person and then this happened, or I was, and, and I can start connecting the dots. That's why I love that whole idea of connecting the dots, that there is something bigger, there's something more, there's something deeper going on if I just look around, if I just pay attention, as you said, become aware but there's always something bigger going on if I'm awake. That's my real word, mm-hmm. is awake. Absolutely. And so how do we stay awake? Well, I think it really comes back to just paying attention to where your mind is at. I mean, I really do think it's about observing where your thoughts are. I, you know, I mean, I, I think that I recently I've begun asking my question, where where am is my thought where are my thoughts right now? Where where is my mind right now? Is Ooh, it, you'll actually ask yourself. Oh yeah. Well I don't have time for that. I'm too busy thinking. So you actually stop and ask yourself and, and I ask myself a lot What am is, I is, thinking is, now? Yeah, I've asked myself a lot, is that true too, right? Because a lot of times the thoughts are in places where it's man, you know, we're manufacturing stories and mm-hmm. placing them mm-hmm. onto situations that aren't actually true. I've actually used that recently in my coaching at work because I mm-hmm. manage people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some drama going on, and and what's happening is people are applying, you know, stories that you know are based on their their past mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. current situations and people, and they're making assumptions. And I think we all do that as humans. You know that we. We, we we draw on our experiences and then we apply those to whatever's going on. So I think it, it's about really asking yourself, is that really true? Um, and where am I? Am I in the you know in the future living in fear? I'm in the past living in resentment and anger uh, or regret, you know, about mm-hmm. what I could have should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how is that playing out in my present moment? Because if right. you're if, if you're applying the past or you're applying your fear of the future. Into your present moment, then you're 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 then affecting what you're manifesting. So you'll actually say, "What am I thinking?" Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll think, "What am I thinking?" Mm-hmm. And then do you? So then you then you become conscious. So that kind of is the 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 little thing that wakes you up 
or makes you aware. And then you'll ask yourself, that's a Byron Katie thing, isn't it, to say, is this true? Do you know much about Byron Katie? See, Tracy is also the expert. Are we finding all the things Tracy does that's so important to this show? But can you be the expert? Do you know is that Byron Katie? Do you know much about Byron Katie? I do not. Know do you not? I do not. Yeah. We need there, Tracy. there you go. We need Tracy. Can we ring her up? I think that no, no, she'd be very upset if we did, actually. So no, we uh, But I think it's a Byron Katie thing. There's like four questions that Byron Katie will ask, and one of them, is it true? Is this true? And that is, you know, when I'm... Um, uh, another thing that happens that I always have to talk about is the women that I work with in Dallas County Jail. That's part of the ritual and the routine of the show. But that's one of the real big things for women who are in jail is there's such a huge story around them. Society has a story about them. Their family has a story about them. They have taken on a story about themselves because of this external thing known as jail and breaking the law and you know being punished. And so... So then they'll have that, you know, I'm just never going to be able to be successful. I'm never going to be able to stay out of trouble or I deserve to be punished. Is that true? You know, I'll actually get them say that again and again and again to get them to the point of, you know, behaviorally things might have happened, but the truth of who I am is very different. And if I'm in that story of what my family thinks about me or what I've done in the past, then I'm actually manifesting that story's continuation instead of stopping it now and saying, no, no, I am the divine expressing. You know, my my divine expression would, would not be to be a person who's, you know, incarcerated or bad or deserves to be punished. That wouldn't that wouldn't work. And so stopping and asking, is that true? Well the first step of awareness, that's the first step of any change. Aren't you smart to know that, Cindy? Very good. Because that is classically the first step to any change is awareness and then drilling down. Michael Gott has a, a CD that I listened to for about six months a year ago every day that you gave me, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was very helpful to me. Music has become very helpful to me. And he has a line in there that I, I say things to myself I would never say to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so becoming aware of that. So you stop yourself. You ask yourself, is this true? And then do you consciously move into some positive affirmation or positive thought, or what do you do next? It, it just depends on the circumstance, right? I mean, uh, sometimes if, if it's not true, I say, well, that's not true. <laughs> I will say it out loud. I like that's that out true. loud. Yeah, I, I like say, that. that's not true. I'll be driving down the street. I'll mm-hmm. just say, all of a sudden, I'll just mark out, that's not true, mm-hmm. you know. If someone's standing, sitting around me, you know, I might not say it out loud because they might go, oh, she's talking to herself. And, you know, and, and what is she talking about, mm-hmm. right? Then you have to go explain that crazy thing you had in your mind. But um, <laughs> and I don't want to do that because <laughs> some things get really off the hook. Um, but, you know, it's sometimes if it's something that I'm having a reoccurring thought on, I will, you know, do a spiritual mind treatment on it. You know, um, or you know, I'll med- I'll meditate something contemplative and, and really try to understand what is really what is the belief that's driving this thought, um, because sometimes you you really kind of need to go a little bit deeper to understand something that continues to come up. Now that's a good point, and that's another point of your story too, in terms of the belief that you had to be married to have the lake lakefront house, mm-hmm. and you weren't even consciously aware of that choice when you were looking for a house before you got the turn right here. I mean, that wasn't even like something you had thought, oh, well, I have to have a husband to do this. So so how, so remind me, how did you drill down? Did that just come to you or did you start really pondering how, why do I think that? You started really. I, you know, I took that contemplation into to meditation with me, okay. you know, on that one. Um, you know, and I do, do do meditation daily. And, you know, and that does help. Give you that, It'll change your life. It'll change your life. I mean, it really does <laughs> give you that space to really have things, you know, get right. some clarity to things, and and really, you know, commune with spirit to to and listen to that 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 you know little inner voice that we all have, and and that's another big piece of, of it, I think, too, in sorting through what's true and what's not true, you know. Right. Because you know, if it's not true, it's not you know. It's only going to come from love if, if it is true. You know, mm-hmm. if it's really your inner inner voice, your intuition, your higher self, however you want to view it, you know, it's always going to be in love. It's always going to be, you know, something that's going to be for your higher good. You know, those things that are negative, they're, they're never coming from that place. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of an indicator mm-hmm. if it's, yeah, which one it is. Mm-hmm. And if the negative, so so you take the idea, oh, I don't deserve, why 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 can't I be a, a house on the lake? Why can't you take that into, you said mm-hmm. contemplation. Mm-hmm. Define contemplation. What does that mean to you? That means just asking that question and waiting Ask, for the answer. Okay. You know, okay. asking that question and waiting for the answer, right? I mean, yeah. really. I mean, and the answer comes. I mean, if you're if you're really, you know, in in the right, you know, if you're centered and you're and you're you're listening, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. answer will come to you. You know, I uh, was in a Christian mystic group for a, a while. I think they called it an order. I think that was code for cult, but it did really good work for me for a while. But anyway, uh, and, the, and, the, and the particular priest that I worked with, who was really a mystic, but the people above her weren't so pure in spirit, so to speak, but she's really a living mystic, I have no doubt about that. Um, she would uh, have a journal with her during her morning meditation. She would get up every morning at 6 and meditate. And that's when I actually started doing morning meditation that kind of shifted my whole life was with that group. And that's why I knew when I was in a bad space that meditation would bring me back there. Um, but she would keep a journal underneath her chair and so that when she got, you know, sort of a clarity of something, she could write it down so she wouldn't be left trying to remember it and holding on to trying to remember it so she could go on to the next thing. Do you do that or have you ever? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, you know, journaling has not been something I've I've typically been consistent with mm-hmm. although I do it I, I do do it and um, some days I'll you know after I I meditate I'll get in my car and before I leave for work I'll just mm-hmm. write down whatever you know my thoughts feelings mm-hmm. or if there was something specific that came up during my meditation I'll write it down and you know just kind of set my intention for the day um, some days I get in a hurry and I don't do that mm-hmm. but I do find that if I don't write it down I forget it See, isn't that interesting? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't, and I, and maybe that's because I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Or, well played, yes. <laughs> or um, because you know, when you get moment, you know, there's just so much thoughts that go through mm-hmm. your head every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy to lose sight, and maybe later you'll go, "Oh, I remember now." But mm-hmm. um, I do think it's a good practice to to write it down then, because you know, today I was you know looking back on some things that had come up this week because I'd written some down, things I wanted to remember down mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, right off the top of my head I didn't remember what they were but when I looked back, oh yeah, now I remember, right? right. So it's it's definitely um, a good a good a good practice, I think. And somehow to trigger back I know I'm always constantly trying to um trigger myself back to being in an awakened state. 'Cause I'm I'm so very smart, Cindy. Did you know that? I really I'm very, very smart. I absolutely so, know that. you know, I'm so deeply I absolutely know that. That's not even the right word, smart. I'm looking for a much better word than that, but that's the only word I could come up with. But anyway, I've been doing this so long that I, you know, I can go so strong over into the flow, and I can go strong into what they call the darkness, which I don't really believe exists. But anyway, um, but I can have such a wide span of an experience within 48 seconds that um, I kind of want to have little reminders. I, I try to place little reminders in my life, and one of the things are my mala beads in terms of how do I remind myself of what I already know because I can fall asleep so quickly. How do I stay awake? And so I'm such a visual person, so I guess. So the mala beads are, I guess, are they a Buddhist prayer read? Again, we need Tracy. But are they Buddhist prayer reads? Mala beads? I am not a Buddhist prayer <laughs> So we didn't trade it. Oh, gosh, you can follow up on that's that. three times. Oh, she's just not going to be able to stay in the room. We're going to be so in need of her and her human ego. But um, so I think they're Buddhist prayer beads. That's what I think they are. Um, and I actually get them when the Tibetan monks come to Dallas each year. And But they're an active reminder of what I know I know. And and I'm, real, I'm really into that kind of thing of, of putting things on me or placing, like, you know, this is kind of silly. I remember years ago my sister had all these sticky, sticky notes up in her bathroom mirror saying, I am a good person, I am worthy. And I thought, oh, how sad she has to do that. But anyway, now I understand, you know, that was very powerful. That's very important to put little reminders. And um, when we're 
doing relapse prevention plans uh, for for people that have addiction issues, you know, that we we encourage them to put down the five steps of the things they're going to do when they have a you know a trigger or, a, or something happens. I'm going to call my sponsor. I'm going to go to a meeting. I'm going to sit outside for five minutes. I'm going to read something in the AA book, and to remind themselves of those four steps that they're going to take to put that everywhere. So when you have that anxious moment. I don't have to think, oh, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I? Oh, there it is. It's written down on my refrigerator or, you know, it's written on my rearview mirror or something. I have to do these four things. And so we get into the pattern of when something happens, I, I automatically see or am triggered back to what's positive action to take versus letting that kind of take hold and become become something that it's not. But if I don't have, I really have to have some sort of, um, visual reminder my mind is as i say all the time not safe to go by yourself so you know i have the external being able to look or touch or feel something and see something and say oh that's right that's right i remember now everything's going to be okay so you know going back to to just you know so something to remind you that that's a really Mm -hmm. good example Mm -hmm. for me um i someone pointed out to me and i was that you know i was going into work and i was feeling like it was hard all the time but mm. I started realizing how often I was saying how challenging this was or how hard that was and, and oh. so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I know what it was. I was talking to a life coach that I was working with. He said, do you realize how many times you say that work is hard? And I'm like, no, I don't. And he said, oh, oh. Um, he said well, you were saying that all the time. <laughs> and, I'm like, and he goes, if you want work to be easy, you need to believe it's easy and you need to pay attention to how often you're saying it's hard. And I'm like, Really good point. So I went down to Staples and I got me an easy button. And I oh, that's great. And I have an easy button on my desk at work. And whenever I start getting in that mode, I hit the easy button and he goes, "That was easy." Oh, you're kidding! It actually says that. It actually says that was easy. It says it out loud. And so, so when I think that things are hard, I hit the easy button and it's like. That was easy, and I shift completely, and then everything starts flowing at work. It's so funny, yeah. So easy button. I highly recommend the easy button. Oh, that's hysterical. Because you can use it on anything. That's hysterical. And that gets us out of this mind frame. I'm so into this idea of helping people, helping myself, reminding myself that it's not a miracle, that it's not extraordinary, that it's not one-off, that this is, this, this, that is easy, that is the divine design. Mm-hmm. There is really, there's no debt to be paid. There's no work that has to be done. This is not supposed to be a big challenge. This is not, you know, the human experience is not this horrible, you know, day in, day out kind of drudgery. It's really meant to be exciting and happy and fun and go well and, you know, be loved and have good things. And that's that's not a miracle. That's not out of the ordinary that's not magic that's that's the divine design and so to have that you know that little that is easy all the time i love that and and how to remind ourselves and and it's almost when things go well <laughs> i find people almost apologize you know i got this big promotion at work and or something and oh you know, i must feel bad because fred didn't get it or you know there's always this almost this sense of collective I can't really have really fabulous things. I'll feel I'll feel bad that I'm driving a car when I go by and see a homeless person or people at a bus stop, and I'll I'll get this big story in my head that you know they can't drive or they can't afford a car or they you know whatever, and then you know probably choosing perhaps to ride the bus, <laughs> you know. But it, but I get this you know like I can't you know but but and that's also reinforces the idea there's only so much pie, you know. And if I take a slice, then that makes less of a pie for all the people around me, and that's not true. That's not true. Manifestation doesn't work that way. That there's enough of a pie. Everybody's meant to have a whole pie, and my 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 slice of the pie doesn't detract from you know God. Manifestation spirit is big enough for everybody. Oh, well, I mean, it goes back to the you you only receive as much good as you're willing to receive. Mm. Um, so if you don't believe that you are will you know that you are should receive more than this mm-hmm. much good, then that's mm-hmm. what you're limiting yourself to. But and I think. You know, we're all raised in, in, in different ways about, you know, and how we, we, we place, you know, limitations on uh, or lack into our lives because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't think that, you know, there's starving kids in the world and, mm-hmm. and so therefore we should be grateful for what we have. Well, there's nothing wrong with being grateful, but 
you know, do you feel like you, you know, you, you're limiting yourself a little bit because maybe you don't, you know, need to have all that good because other people are lacking good, right? <laughs> yeah, isn't that you know? strange? And then that, and that thought actually, oh, this is really interesting. So if I'm thinking there's lack in the world and I have to sort of uh, deny myself to help somehow the, with the lack over there, then actually my denying myself is only creating more lack, right? So isn't that really fascinating? So in a strange way, I'm manifesting the very thing that I tell myself I'm helping by being some sort of martyr or half, you know, I can't have the, you know, expensive glass of wine. Have I talked about liquor twice in this show? Do you think you I have? If I'm feeling the need to yeah. talk about liquor. But anyway, you know, I get to... I get to not have to, my my denying myself is not manifesting food for a homeless person. If I, in a strange way, by celebrating the good that I have and the more that I'm getting, then I'm more likely to be able to manifest good and more in other people's lives. Absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. That's really interesting. Because we're all being in the race consciousness anyway. Right, right. Oh, okay, so now we have about five minutes left, seven minutes and 56 seconds to be exact. See, and then this is Tracy's job usually to keep time. That's the third time we've mentioned Tracy. Okay, so probably the fifth time. So at the end of the hour, we try to think of spiritual practices that can help us sort of with the topic at hand. And so obviously one of the meditation, of the daily meditation would be a spiritual practice to help become aware because manifestation, like you said, we have to first be aware, and this is, you know, an old science of mind trick uh, or, or joke in a way, you know, what have you been manifesting? Well, look around. What have you been thinking about? Look around your life. That's what you've been thinking about. That's what you have manifested. So um, so to, un, you know, to unravel that and start manifesting something different, med- meditation, daily meditation is a huge spiritual practice. Are there other spiritual practices? Oh, inward journey-wise one that would help with manifestation or becoming more awake, staying in an awakened state? Well, I think, you know, I, I think that just being the observer of, of your your own thoughts is, is, is a pretty big one as mm. far as manifestation goes because I think even with, you know, meditation and, and even spiritual mind treatment, you can really work to, to manifest things. I mean, those are vehicles to manifest things um, and listen. But I think... You know, if you're if you're not in a conscious state or aware of what your thoughts or what you're saying mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. and what you're actually putting out there, I mean, it could be something simple as, you know, um, I'm always late. Yeah. Right? Why did she look at me when she said that? Yes. I don't know why. I'm not I certain at, why I'm you looked at me. I'm not really certain huh. why I looked at you. Huh. Yes. So, but, but, you know, if you want to experience something different, <laughs> you have to change what you say you. or change Please. what you think, right? Yes. So, um, I think a lot of times we, we're conscious of what we want and the intention that we want to set, but we're not always conscious of what what we do and say day in, day out. And what we're See, thinking, I love that. You yeah. know? And, and really, I think that practice is the hardest one to get into, is to really be the observer of your own mind. And that's a huge thing. I love that, having that observer eye. Having that observer mm-hmm. eye. And being aware that... Um, that that I can make a choice, you know, that I have a choice. I mean, there are certainly times in my mental state that I have believed that I didn't have a choice. I mean, the, the vice grip of whatever, self-hate or self-destruction, was so big, I thought, I don't have a choice. So sort of stepping outside of that, detaching from that, is a huge opportunity, right? It's a huge step to be able to say, oh, wait, I can detach from this. I can look at this and say, that's not true. You know, I don't deserve bad things. Or somehow observing myself puts a little space in between and allows me to have that moment of, is this true? And, you know, I I, I use that practice in meditation because, you know, mm. it's really hard. You know, you get the monkey mind going in meditation. Um, you know, you drift off. Um, and when I find myself drifting off, then that's when I take and I pay attention to what am I drifting off to? What am I thinking of? Where am, okay. where, where am I, you know, in, in that particular moment? Instead of going, oh, gosh, I got off track again, and why can't I keep my mind still? Just saying, okay, 
what have I been, you know, just stepping back and saying, okay, where is my mind going? What is is really seems to be, where is it, it, it getting hijacked to? And what kind of thoughts are there? And, and, and how is that impacting me? Oh, see, I love that because you're not resisting it because that old thing, you know, what we resist persists. You're not resisting the thought. You're not saying, go away, evil thought, evil thought. I'm trying to meditate. I'm trying to meditate. I'm trying to meditate. You go into it. You allow yourself to try to take a bit of a detour, observe it, and that that sort of takes the power out of it, doesn't it? It does. Oh, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. That's really interesting. And And so the observer eye and the ability to see that wherever that, that little monkey mind of that train is trying to go, then um, that allows you sort of a freedom from it. It takes the power out of it. And it gives you insight into, into you know, the things that are playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Right. And those things that are playing in the background become the automatic default of our choices if we don't put light in that room. Mm-hmm. And then you can go further and deeper into that contemplation too. Okay, so why am I having that thought? What is the underlying belief mm-hmm. that is driving that thought? You know, or you know, what is the underlying emotion that's mm-hmm. driving that? Because a lot of times it's it's fear, and where does that fear come from? And sometimes that comes from you know experiences we've had in the past that we're overlaying into the future or the present. You know, it's a whole other show, but the idea of how much, you know, diving into that, because as a a therapist, you know, I I kind of am drawn to diving into that, to figuring that out, and then how much of it can be, you know, a spiritual release of that. But that's a different show. But but I do, I think there's a huge value in at least discovering what the hidden belief is, because until you bring the light to that, it, it does sort of, it holds power, I think. Absolutely. Are you glad you came? I am. I had a really good time. <laughs> Talking about manifestation. I love that. And uh, now we have two minutes and 17 seconds. See, time just sort of stands still. I've noticed in, in doing this over time. The time is very, very interesting to me in terms of how long time can seem. But you mentioned treatment, and that's a word that is very familiar to people of science of the mind, but to others it might not be. What would What would you describe a treatment is? Um, it, it's it's an affirmative prayer. Affirmative prayer, okay. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's a, it's about you know really realizing, you know that uh, that you are one with spirit, and and as such, what spiritual or God qualities are you going to pull forth in order to, and and what do you want to experience, and 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 you ground yourself in that truth instead of you know in the reality of mm-hmm. that instead of you know the stories we tell ourselves. And I love that affirmative prayer. It is affirmative prayer. And reminding ourselves the truth of who we are. Mm-hmm. And everyone should wear mala beads. No, you know, that's just for me. I have to have something. Isn't that interesting? I have to have something to remind myself. But that's, that's I think, the affirmative prayer in any kind of affirmation. And I always am reminded I was in someone's house recently, and they uh, obviously were taking some sort of exam, and he had up sticky notes everywhere that said, I will pass the exam, I will study hard, and that word will kept kind of putting it out in the future and mm-hmm. affirmations are always you know i ha- i am passing i am passing the exam you know i have studied you know to try to put it in the present tense is always an important part of affirmative prayer isn't it it is but it's also being grounding yourself in the belief that it's already done right, right. that's right. already it's already done it's not it's not in the future it's already done and you know it you know i'm already in my house you know my lakefront house i mean right. you know i you you know it's about knowing that is the truth, not I, I might be able to get it or if I'm good or if I'm smart or if I make enough money, I might be able to have that. It, it is I know. I know. I know. I know. And that's a fabulous place to end. I know. And I know I loved this, Cindy Young. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. This is very fun.
that's it. We did it. I don't mean to be so upside, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.